Hey, welcome everyone to Flyover Footy and the first edition of Flyover Forecast, where uh, as Matt did so beautifully in the last episode with him and Phil, previewing the upcoming games, um, we thought it'd be nice to, even in our uh, the, the week off from the full big episode with, with everyone chiming in, we're, we're going to jump in between weeks two. So we can get a preview of the upcoming match because we got a big one this weekend. Uh, my name's Jake. I forgot to mention that. It is smaller crew tonight because it is the, uh, I don't know, halfway in between episodes. So I'm Jake. Matt Baker is with me. How are you doing, man? Hey, Jake. I'm doing well. I just got back from the uh, Whitaker Music Festival. So it's been, a, it's been a fun night. And I'm excited to bridge the gap kind of between our episodes. So we, we've been on a pretty good two-week cadence here. I'm excited to see what we can throw together on our in-between weeks, maybe even supplement the regular weeks. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I'm excited to look ahead at the competition we're going to have this weekend. Yeah. And since we're just previewing, um, this will probably be a a shorter episode. Also on cue, I hear Margo outside the door, so I'm going to have to go let her in. Um, But before I do that, before I stop recording, and also shout out to everyone who's joining us on Twitter Spaces. We're live on Twitter Spaces. This will be up. Uh, as a podcast too, if you can't stick around for the the full Twitter space, look for your pie in your podcast feed tomorrow. But um, coming up this Saturday, St. Louis City two is taking on Houston Dynamo two. Um, before we get into the preview though, and I know we'll probably talk more about this next week with all the guys. I feel like we can't go without mentioning the signing today. I mean, we we previewed him enough. Like we kind of knew this was happening for so long. But Matt, do you just want to like quickly briefly talk about? Our new signing, like big news that we woke up to this morning. It, it's hard not. To, I mean, I know we're focused so focused on this being a preview episode only and, and getting down to like 15, 30 minutes of just just looking ahead to City 2. And then what does the club throw at us the day that we're recording this? They knew they news. were they knew we were recording like they, they like to do this. They give us the news that we get to talk about. It's great. It's, it's not only the worst kept secret in St. Louis or in uh, global soccer, but um, I feel this is the culmination of Lutz's breadcrumbs. You know, if anybody's listened to Lutz doing his uh, his Bundesliga broadcasting, you have 100% heard uh, the hints, the clues, the name drops, the, uh, well, you know, you can't trust rumors, but maybe sometimes they turn out to be true. And today we had that confirmation that Joachim Nilsson, uh, center back for Armenia Bielsen, is now a member of St. Louis City SC. We'll and be he joining will be in July. Yeah. He'll be joining us next month when the, uh, the transfer window opens. And he will be a member of our club for the next four and a half years. Yeah. How about that? Real, real exciting. Um, I'm a little upset. I don't remember if it was the the last podcast, the City Voice podcast episode where Lutz and Pete were talking. But he he teased like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll announce a center back in a week. And it took a little longer than a week. But hey, we'll we'll take it. Better late than never. So Yeah. yeah. And I just realized I caught myself. I said uh, Armenia Bielsen. Bielefeld. Bielefeld. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Caught myself on that one. But no, I, I think this one, you know, we're not going to go too deep. We've been deep. If, if you want to hear about uh, Nielsen, I mean, just listen to any one of our pods. Just check out our Twitter feeds. We've been all over him, following him, uh, seeing the amazing work that he's been doing, trying to keep the club uh, out of the relegation zone. Unfortunately, that didn't work out too well. Um, but he is, he's world-class through and through. He's 28 years old. Uh, he is... He, he fits the bill for what we need in our uh, pressing uh, pattern, our, our attacking formation, you know, that, that high press. And I think this provides that linchpin in our, our back line. So Lutz has always talked about building out the spine and you, you're seeing that come together pretty clearly. Now you've got, you've got Berkey, 
you have Nilsson, um, you have Ostruck as that attacking mid and, and interested to see what else builds from that midfield all the way up to Klaus. Yeah. And so you're seeing that fully come together now. Yeah, it's real exciting. And we'll definitely talk more about him with the rest of the guys when we get uh, together next week for the full flyover footy episode. If you are just jumping on the, uh, the I'm looking down at the Twitter spaces. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Flyover forecast. We're going to give a little preview of the upcoming game this weekend because I was not a part of the episode last weekend, but I was going to praise Matt a little bit here because uh, well, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm leading. Phil's not here tonight, so I'm just going to do whatever I You're want. You're the man. Take it. <laughs> Go for uh, it, Jake. I mean, I pumped up uh, Matt uh, already in text, very nice text messages to him, but I'll do it. I'll do it on an open format for everyone to hear. Uh, I've every week I've gone into like our city games, not knowing the opposition really. And like, I've had friends, this is me just not doing my research enough, but like I've had friends like we're sitting at games like, oh, how should we do? I'm like, I don't know. We should probably win, right? Because I just didn't do enough deep diving into the other teams. And with MLS Next Pro, it's a little more difficult too because you don't know, quite know what you're getting. So after Matt did that awesome preview last week, I was like, we got we to gotta keep doing this. So that's why we're here with the Flyover Forecast. Uh, and so you, you have a little more heads up going into the game this weekend. Um, it is home out in Edwardsville, SIUE, Ralph Court Stadium. And... Saturday, 7 p.m. against Houston Dynamo 2. So Matt, do you just want right. to get us started? Yeah, and, and one, of the, one of the difficult things here is the fact that we're in the next pro league. You know, information is not readily available. So what our goal is to do is to provide that kind of uh, overarching uh, framework of, you know, what's the big picture here and, and, and where are we in the standings? Where do we expect to go? What kind of co- level of competition are we playing here? Because in MLS Next Pro... It is all over the place. You're talking about different goals that MLS clubs have for their two teams, uh, different caliber of players that they're loaning out, that they're signing fresh. You don't really know what you're getting into from any one game to the next. Uh, the You're starting to see somewhat of a shakedown in the standings, so you can kind of see where the, where, where the, the higher quality teams are, at least this year, because any given year, this league is just going to be a crapshoot based on what the MLS team needs from their second team. This may be the only year that we have to focus on our two team being in the unique situation that we are. But at the same time, I think it's it's always fun to know what you're getting up against. It's fun to um, kind of try new things out. So that's what we're doing here is trying out um, how this, this preview would, is going to work. And so I am ecstatic that we're trying this out in this particular week. Because this is the matchup, and I mentioned it last week. This is the matchup that I've been I've been looking forward to the most for the past month, month and a half. Once we started to see how these two teams are really uh, performing, and so we're we're going to start just by looking at the, the standings real quick. Just so high level, let's let's look at where we are. Uh, City two and Dynamo two, who we're playing this weekend. So as it stands right now, St. Louis City two is sixth in the Western Conference. Uh, the top four teams in each conference will go to the playoffs at the end of the year. So it's it's important to remember the top four. Uh, City 2 sits in sixth right now with a a game or game game or two behind uh, or in hand from some of the teams ahead of us. You know, we had that, that scrapped game with the Rapids 2, so that's up ahead in June. So we've played eight games. The Dynamo have played nine. The Dynamo 2 are in first place. And so that's, that's why. I mean, spoiler alert, that's why this is the most... Uh, looked to match that I have is Dynamo is sitting in first place with 22 points. City two is sitting in sixth place with 16 points and the Dynamo haven't lost a game since they played uh, the Tacoma defiance back on May 1st. So they've been, 
they had a streak going. They lost to the Defiance, who we beat, uh, and we know the caliber of team the Defiance are. And the Dynamo 2 have not lost since. So they're running on uh, their second win streak of the year, for lack of a better term. So we're we're in a pretty good position. We still, I, I still feel like we control our own destiny, but this is the biggest measuring stick that we've had probably since we played the Defiance, honestly. So I think that uh, uh, we have a lot of what I would call should win games ahead of us, but this is one of those measuring stick games, Jake, that I think that this will give us a true test um, of what we, what, where we stack, especially now, because later on in the season, we're going to have a seismic shift in our team. I feel with all those MLS internationals coming, but the team that we've seen so far and that we're going to carry the rest of the month of June, I think this is the measuring stick on where they stand in this league. Early in the season, coming off those first few games, we were it, like, we were feeling, I was feeling great. I was like, man, this is awesome. Of course we had some, not setbacks, but we had some more, uh, realistic moments that, well, I don't, I'm not gonna say realistic because the Minnesota, you could look at that a couple different ways, but, and honestly, I think, I think our path has been drastically different from the dynamo too. So we're going to yeah. get into who they have on their team, but mm-hmm. up until now, dynamo two have been able to focus just like all the other teams in MLS next pro on MLS next pro. We have not had that uh, luxury. We yeah. have had uh, two competitions we played in. Um, we've had a couple matches and that, that I think is what led into that Minnesota United two match. Um, cause that was coming off of our Louisville loss mm-hmm. where we went 120 PKs. We were depleted. I feel in that match and, and yep. it, it kind of showed. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm really excited for this game. Cause like you said, it is, it's kind of like a measuring stick. We can see where we stand. And cause I, I think coming off the last few games, it's easy to be a little more negative and be like, well, maybe we're not, maybe it's not going to go. This season's not going to go as well as we thought. But I think this is a good, and this is a good opportunity for us to get back on track. Um, we just from what we saw in the last game, like I, I know it, it was a little disappointing. I mean, it was definitely disappointing um, in all the chances we we had in that game. Um, we're, we're so promising to me though, and I feel like, and just maybe this is me like having confidence in in Hackworth and seeing the changes he made at halftime because that was funny. We were at, Matt and I were at halftime. We we're like standing behind the stands talking about what we think needs to happen and debating if he's yep. going to sub off herd or whatever. And like, it was exact, like we 30 seconds later, we walk around the stands and like, that's exactly what happened. And we immediately saw the impact. So seeing that, and I don't know, I, I trust that I, I trust the moves they're making. And I think they know their team at this point and they know what they need to do. Um, of course we got to, there were some maybe individual performances that weren't uh, up to par this last game, but it's like, if we can get that and get that on track, I think looking how we played against defiance, if you kind of scrap the Minnesota United game, um, I don't know. I I just think, I think it could be a good game and I'm, I'm excited for it. Like you said, it's just going to be good, a good gauge. And that speaks to uh, the, the dichotomy in this league. Do you prioritize the development totally? Do you prioritize winning matches? Because I feel we got to see that in a very direct manner. Uh, Aaron Hurd's first mat- first start for our team, um, you know, he's 15 years old. You know, we hear about these, uh, these 16, 17-year-olds who are playing in MLS. Fully believe Hurd is going to get there. Fully believe that he's going to be that person. And it just so happened that uh, where you have... You, you give him the start, you know, he, I don't think he performed bad. So I don't, I, he didn't perform bad at all. In my opinion, it's just that he didn't, he wasn't an, an impact player 
And you saw as soon as he was subbed out for Diaz, who slide, slid into that number 10 role, allowed Celio to drop out to the left again. It's like it's like things fell into place, at least for the first minute. Um, right off the bat, things just gelled and uh, Diaz was able to find find the net. And it's that that difference maker that I think we'll get to as well. But that's that's kind of looking at the Dynamo 2 match. Who are we going to throw out there in our starting lineup that may be able to compete against the the best team in in the league? And And are we going to give minutes early to guys who we know maybe deserve it from practice or we want to see develop even more like a Vollmer or Hurd or even Josh Mayer? Or are we going to focus on that that best starting eleven that we've seen so far, where you know you're throwing Doling and Celio and Diaz and Juan Cousin and and maybe a AJ Palazzolo, Max Schneider, and then any one of the four backline of I don't know uh, Keel Watts, uh, Josh Yarrow, Kyle Hebert, uh, Ben DeRosa. You know any one of those guys I think is is our our top flight, and if we want to truly compete with our best, that's probably a similar lineup to what we're going to throw out. Um, but at the same time, it is a development league. So that's mm-hmm. always kind of looming in the back of our heads when we're talking about previewing the upcoming match or uh, evaluating how we performed because we have to look at it from both lenses. And I think that's important. Yeah. And I, I think on, on that note, and this is going to be me slightly recapping a little bit, but recapping to look ahead specifically and, and how we might line up. I think the thing when we saw DS slot in, and I mean, of course, we got that goal early or right off the bat. They they did score quickly after that, but even that first 15 minutes, like we were just pe- like peppering the goal. Like, like it was insane. So, and I think him sliding in, the exciting thing about maybe you start heard, um, he, he does need that development. It's like give him that time because he needs it to develop. And the exciting thing is if you need to, you can bring on Diaz. And I think when what we saw when him come in was that experience from literally just playing with those guys this season, like so early in the season that they've, they've already gelled together and they were able to do, do what they've been doing, like just work, work it together so well. Like he, he knew how to control uh, in that 10 position. And that's, that's exactly what happened. And I, I think that's exciting. Um, and that shows that, yes, we do need to, if, if we can give Hurd and the younger guys more time so that they can start to gel and really figure out the, the flow of the game and, and the speed and everything. Like that's what they need. And it's exciting if we can, can develop, develop them knowing that we can bring these other guys on too. And at the same time, you you can't not, like you said you can't not develop them. And it it's not just a measuring stick for the team as a whole. But if you're gonna if you're gonna push players like Aaron Hurd or Fritz Vollmer to that next level, this is I mean the the best of the best in the league is who you want to put them up against. So I wouldn't be surprised to see us uh, throw out depending on how practice has been going some of those types of players as opposed to keeping our um, traditional at this point I think starting eleven. Yeah. Um, okay, so I know you did touch on form, both teams' form um, a little yeah, bit. Looking and, ahead. Yeah, and I think I, I think that the the Dynamo Two form is just it speaks for itself. You know, they they've been playing teams. Uh, they played their last three matches. So looking at their form, their last three matches were against Rapids Two, Minnesota United Two, and Real Monarchs. Um, they beat the teams that they were supposed to beat at this point. The last, the bottom three teams in the league by a mile are Rapids 2, Timbers 2, and Real Monarchs. Um, and and they they handled them. So they handled the Rapids 2, 2 to nothing. Um, they went to Minnesota, tied 1-1, and then won on PK, or Minnesota United won on PKs. So that's technically not a loss. It goes down in the books as a tie. And then they went to Salt Lake and beat Real Monarchs 1-0. So that they 
they've been in form. Like I said, they haven't lost since May 1st against Tacoma Defiance. And then you juxtapose that against us um, where it has been that kind of mixed bag. You know, we've had a, a home stretch in our last three matches, Whitecaps, home in the sense of playing in front of St. Louis fans, not necessarily home as in the same stadium because we've yeah. had our back and forth as we make that transition to Ralph Corte Stadium. And our last three have been kind of a mixed bag. So we're we're needing to right the ship in a big way um, from the standings perspective. So our last three are Whitecaps 2, where we had that 2-1 loss, Timbers 2, a 3-1 win at Ralph Corte, and then this past week, like we talked about, the the tie against Earthquakes 2, and then they won on PKs to finish out the the slew part of our season. Yeah, um, and I'm just going to go back to, I mean, you just mentioned it too, but this, like, we need we need something to get back on course, and I think this is the perfect game. Like, I'd rather, I think I'd rather have this game than just something else, like, because this is where we can really correct and be like, okay, we don't have to worry about it anymore. This is, like, the, the right way to go, and I, I just... Yeah, I'm excited for this game and I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, I'm gonna we're gonna move on to the next thing. And do you well, do you want to get into you want to do team comparison stats or get into the roster stuff? Looking ahead, let's do what little, we might see from them. A little bit on the stats, like uh, yep. I so th- I, I've consistently given praise to Next Pro for providing some statistics that are that are valuable, player and team related. And so I tried to pull out a few things that might help us understand uh, where we're gonna see some. Um, some some difficulty for City 2, where to watch out for for the Dynamo 2. Um, the way Next Pro does their team stats, they, they break it down into four categories. They do a general, they do a passing-related stats, attacking, and defensive stats. Um, so on the general, you know, it's kind of that goals, goal differential, um, PKs, conceded, you know, all those different types of things. Um, having played one less match than the Dynamo two, we only have three less goals. So I don't feel like we're very, we're, we're too far off the mark with them as far as goals scored. Um, our, our matchups, I think we, we average, uh, pretty similar goals for, so we have 14 goals for, they have uh, 17 and we have one less match. So you're mm-hmm. just talking about a three goal difference, which is a single game in, in yeah. a lot of cases. Yeah. Where where we have a big difference right now is the goals against. So, like I said, City 2 played one less match. We've conceded three more goals than they have so far. And so their their defensive medal is is pretty uh pretty intense. And I think that's that's where the difference is to me is we don't we also don't allow very many shots. So the the shots conceded, the shot percentage. Um, we don't allow many shots, but our, our shot percentage conceded is worst in the league. And that's just that that's facts. Like we, mm-hmm. we have conceded the most percentage of shots allowed, uh, which is a problem. And I think that goes to show just how dangerous uh, it could be to attack our high pressing system. Um, so that's that's something else to watch out for as far as our uh, our defense goes you know, being the worst in the league in that save percentage. Um, City 2 and Dynamo 2 are bottom two in shots against. So when you're thinking about what kind of matchup this is going to have based on what the stats show, it tells me this is going to be pretty defensive-minded. And we'll get into that when we look at the predictions. But the stats really show that these teams don't allow very many shots against them. And so um, St. Louis might have a worse save percentage, but there aren't many shots. 
So mm. picking your battles, making sure that your shots actually count, which has been a problem for City 2, is um, is, is accurate shots, uh, shots on goal versus shots taken. We need to do a better job with converting our chances. And, and Dynamo 2 have done a fantastic job of not allowing many chances. So mm. that... When you're looking at the stats and and what that's that's showing, that's going to be a a big thing to watch out for is conversion of opportunities and how many we actually get. Um, this team doesn't allow near as many as we've been getting against some other opponents. Yeah, and that'll be interesting to see um, if I mean obviously that's something they're going to work on in training. But coming off this last game specifically, uh, that that first half, it's like we we were getting into the final third and then just couldn't do anything with it. And the second half, we we were having a lot of shots. They just weren't great shots and we couldn't get it in. So it, it's that's obviously, if if we can get that percentage up or, or get more of those back in the net, and I'm no manager or coach, so I don't know how you make that happen, but I, I hope they figure it out. Because <laughs> yeah, especially if coming up against this game, when it's going to be a lot harder to break them down or, or break through their lines, then we're going to, yeah, we need to make it count, like you said. Definitely. All right, looking ahead to uh, the roster review. And uh, Matt, this is you again, because I did not do a deep dive into the rosters. Yeah, like I said, one of the more interesting things about this league that is a very unique thing with Next Pro is the the unknown of who you're going to be playing any given week. Um, it wasn't too long ago we were looking at that Minnesota United game and thinking they've played a designated player from MLS in Next Pro. We're going to have to deal with that which is, is, is an absurd concept to have a designated player, one of the three most valuable players on your senior team playing in Next Pro, but Minnesota United had to do it because of the way they constructed their roster. When you look at the Dynamo 2, um, and and part of this is understanding how an MLS roster is constructed, so the without having made notes on this, the too long didn't read, is a there are 30 players on an MLS roster. Uh, the first 20 are those senior squads, so that's where you you have... You pay the most money to, you expect the best talent from. Um, roster slots 21 to 30 are a lot of those different designations. So you're talking homegrown players. You're talking Generation Adidas players. Um, they're part of your supplemental roster where they might not be designed to get the most playing time or they have those uh, those kind of um, subsidizing mechanisms like Generation Adidas contracts. And so you're seeing a lot of those players are the players who typically find their way to Next Pro this year. And we've seen from Tacoma Defiance, Minnesota United, Whitecaps. Um, those are the those are some of the main teams that have brought players down. The Timber, or I'm sorry, the um, the Dynamo Two have ten players who are on their supplemental roster slots. Those twenty one to thirty who are also on their Dynamo Two roster, which is the most that we've seen so far, if memory serves. Uh, Defiance, I think, had five or six, but 10, 10 is a lot. Um, five of those players are homegrown players. So homegrown, homegrown contracts given to, uh, some of those local players. One of them, there is a, a player who is on the dynamo two roster, who is a generation Adidas player. And that's important because, uh, if you recall generation Adidas contracts are given out to the best of the best in any given year. And I believe that at last count, they were allowed to last for three years, uh, from when they first start in the league. So a, a GA contract is good for three years. Um, so the young players who, you know, they, they are expected to perform at a high level in MLS and Dynamo two have one of those on their roster now. Um, so some of the, the key players to watch out for, 
Uh, and I'll start with who I hope we don't see. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm optimistic on not seeing this guy because of how, how the trend is going. Um, Robert, Roberto Avila. He's a 25 to 28 slot player. He started seven games for the Dynamo two. He's played in six or played in six. Um, yeah, started, started seven games. He hasn't played in next pro since May 8th though. Mm. So, uh, he, he played consistently for Dynamo two until May 8th. And since then for the past month or so, he, uh, or just under a month, he's been a, a sub and spot starter for the Dynamo team. So that tells me that he has, he's making that jump or making that transition, um, to the first team. And this is a guy who is, uh, tied with Josh Doling for third in the league with five goals each. He is, uh, he's a threat and he's a concern that, that city two would have if we were to see him. So Roberto Vila forward for dynamo two, Ian Hoffman is a defender, also a 25 to 28 slot guy. He started all nine games. So he's a player signed to the dynamo who I would expect to see. Absolutely. Uh, midfielder Juan Castilla is the, that he's a homegrown player in one of those final slots. He's played most of their games, played eight games. Um, midfielder Marcelo Palomino, another homegrown, played six, started all six. And they have two goalkeepers. One's a homegrown, one's not. Um, both are in those supplemental slots. So I would expect us to face, um, and that could be uh, one of the reasons why they haven't allowed many goals, haven't conceded very many, because their goalkeepers are MLS caliber. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be something definitely to watch out for. Um, their GA player, Ethan Bartlow, defender, uh, has spent most of the time with MLS. He's he's played a little bit, but it hasn't been since the beginning of the season. So Ethan Bartlow, I would not expect to see. Uh, and I, again, I would not hope to see him as their Generation <laughs> Adidas signing. So there's a lot of a lot of players. A forward, um, a two defenders, possibly two midfielders, two goalkeepers. They have a lot of talent that they are able to flex down to next pro. And so. Um, unless you write down some of these names or, or go back and review, I think just the things to watch out for are Avila up front. No, and knowing that their goalkeeping is going to be MLS caliber, they're going to have an MLS caliber defender. And at least one of their midfielders likely is going to be, um, on their MLS roster. So they've got, they've got kind of that spine built out. That is, there's very high level. Well, before we get into uh, city players that we might look at, I, I pulled up the Houston Dynamo MLS uh, ma- oh, <laughs> match schedule. I'm so good at forgetting words. <laughs> match schedule. And they don't play till June 18th. So that doesn't bode well for us. If they want to yeah. get these guys some game time, they might be... Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> we might, that's we the- might see them. See, that's the problem is, um, you know, as, as we look to, will we see some of these guys who, who won't we see because they play for the MLS team now? Um, we're playing that when all, when all, when you look at the big picture, we're playing the dynamo two at the absolute worst possible time, given yeah. how, how their roster is made up and who the fact that they like to see some of these players with the MLS team, because we're on an international break, it's one of the very few international breaks that MLS actually respects. And of course we're playing Dynamo two who have that Avila or they have Bartlow who are Dynamo players now, more or less. And if you want to get them minutes and competition during the break, yeah, you're going to throw them against St. Louis. Yeah. So that should be fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so I wouldn't expect any, uh, any breaks, uh, because of that. I wouldn't expect any good luck. 
holding players back for the main team to get minutes up in MLS because they're on break. That's unfortunate for us, I think. But at the same time, if you're looking at from a, you're going to hear, I'm sure you're going to hear this from, from Lutz or Hack, if anybody asks, is that they want to play the best of the best. They want to play and, and test themselves against the highest caliber opponents, and they just may get their wish um, for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, and I know you have a note down here about uh, McCrane, who is our, is, he's our, I've kind of been out of it the last couple of weeks, but he's like our new-ish signing, came in after... The injury, yeah. right? Ian, Ian McGrain, yeah, he's our new goalkeeper. Um, he came in after uh, after Eric Walker went down. Almost had a brain fart on on that. But yeah, the, the injury to Eric Walker, um, which was very unfortunate. You know, Ian McGrain came and was signed about a week or two later um, after, <laughs> after Alex Langer, our goalkeeping coach, um, temporarily subbed in as a backup uh, on the bench. He was named as a reserve, which uh, I think, thankfully, you know, I'm, I'm sure he would have done a, a great job standing in, but thankfully he didn't have to. He wasn't put that yeah. test. So Mike, Michael Creek, um, still on our on our side, one of the MSU players, uh, had, had been stepping in, and then we signed McGrain. But the thing that's interesting to me is I, I'm wondering if – Ian McGrain has beaten out Michael Creek for that first goalkeeping spot because now we're seeing McGrain get a couple starts. He's played in two games, started both of those games, played the full 90 in both, and Creek has been named to the bench. So I'm wondering if, uh, and, and he's done a fantastic job, um, but I'm wondering if now we're seeing that shift to McGrain will carry us through June. Um, maybe you see you see a rotation, but Based on the past couple of games, I think it's it's his net. Yeah. He's also really tall, which is nice. He's like 6'5", <laughs> right? He's huge. I don't know. I, I haven't seen like his height stats, but I saw him when he came, when all the players came over and like gave everyone high fives. It's just like, that, that dude is massive. He, so he towered. <laughs> yeah. And I think he comes from uh, Bay Cities FC, if I recall. Yeah. Bay Cities FC uh, from Nisa. He played, he's played with the Tampa Bay Rowdies, Stumptown Athletic. Um, yeah, and he's like, he's 26 years old. So he's, he has, uh, he's seen some, some talent at and above this level. He, I don't think he appeared for the Rowdies, but, um, you know, he, he's the caliber of player and we, at, you know, you have to remember that when Walker went down mid season, so you're, you're trying to see who's available to sign, um, beyond just the highest level of player you mm-hmm. can get. And, you know, I, I think McGrain's done a, a fine job, um, you know, he's, he's allowed two goals, had two saves against Timbers two and earthquakes two. I would expect to see him in the net again. And this is going to be a big test for him. Yeah. And, uh, man, we've gone like way longer than I thought, but it, I'm not mad about it. I don't know how Phil, <laughs> how a uh, boss man, Phil feels. <laughs> I'll just it's a trial, it's a trial like, run 30 minutes. What? Um, but yeah, so yeah. we'll get, we'll run through our like kind of predictions of how we might look very quickly. I know you have a note about Diaz. We did talk about him earlier. I, I'm going to make the prediction with, I think, how we might see, like, kind of the importance of this game and the the team we may see, like, a stronger team from Houston. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we go all out. Diaz starts, um, and we just see our strongest team, too. What are your thoughts? I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll see our strongest team. Um, you know, I, I think this is, I, I want to see this as the, the, the measuring stick for our, our team, so I think we're going to throw out our our best players. And, and I had, I had the note that 
I think we're going to do what we do best, which is throw out our, our best 11. You know, the, it's probably those same 11 that I mentioned earlier with, with McGrain and Net. And then at the 60 minute mark or so, assuming all has gone well, because this last game is Earthquakes 2, things weren't going well. So we saw some halftime subs or halftime sub. That was the, the difference maker in Diaz. And I think we're going to, I would like to see as long as things are going well in the first half, we have strong legs to start the second. We'll see those 60 minute subs again, maybe, maybe two subs and then another in, you know, the 75th, 80th minute, um, just to keep those fresh legs and keep that high press attack going, because that's, that's ultimately what's going to win us. This game is doing what we do best, um, making them uncomfortable, not allowing them to complete passes, uh, throwing them off their game. And we need, we need strong legs and we need, uh, we need nonstop action, we need mm. nonstop running. We need, we need all of those, the swarming and that that's going to take a lot out of the guys. And so I would expect to see some of those 60, 75, 80th minute subs who might look like the Aaron Hurd, the Fritz Vollmer, um, or, you know, depending on who, who start, who starts, you may see Ezra come in. Um, you may see Kwame at that point, but I think, I think any one of those three are kind of the question marks of, Ezra, Kwame, Akil, AJ, those are kind of like around that rotation that you see where there's yeah. not any any one of those who might who has really separated themselves to the point of like a consistent starter, like a Juan Cousin or Josh Doling or Yaro Hebert, even Ben DeRosa at this point. Um, so I, I, I want to see our, our best of the best and then subs to continue that pressure. Do you think or what would you rather not this game specifically but i guess overall in the season do you what would your preference be like starting starting some of the guys we need to develop younger guys and making subs at half like we saw in that last game or would you rather start strong and then depend on how the games go and bring those guys in assuming the players have performed well at practice i would rather see guys like aaron hurd fritz volmer um uh ferguson um Perez, Mayer, I would rather see those guys start. Yeah. I, I want to see them get their opportunity like Aaron Hurd did. See how they do. Just see how the flow of the game is. See how they're getting into things. That Because at that point, if you need to make a change to affect the the way the, the play is going, if you need to make a change uh, because they might be they might not be having the greatest game, you can. You're giving them the chance. And so if they are succeeding, you keep them in the game. You give them that opportunity to press on into the second half as opposed to just not providing more than 30, 40 minutes. Mm, yeah. So I think I, I would, I would, and I, at this point, you know, we've seen that with Volmer, we've seen that with Hurd. We're seeing one-off players where it feels like we're overall keeping the core and 90% of our, our best 11 intact. And we're kind of plugging in a player that we want to see how they do at the start of the match. And wouldn't surprise me if we continue to see that throughout the month of June, um, I kind of hope we see that start to expand. Maybe you see a guy like Hurd or Volmer last into deep into the second half. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you start to see multiple of the, the amateur guys, the Academy guys start because then you start to see that tipping point of really taking the next step Volmer or Hurd, uh, especially who, at, if you start multiple of them, that tells me you're, you're having more and more trust in them to carry the game. And you're not necessarily worried about focusing on them and how they're going to perform with those other guys who have experience. Yeah. And I think starting them too, um, with the guys who are so young, like Hurd, can do so much for them, like their mental confidence too. 
Because it's completely different when like to that feeling of like, oh man, I'm a starter. Like that's got to be great. Um, like, you know, it's, they feel great for that as long as, and you, you don't want them also to feel like, oh, I got ripped off at halftime because I wasn't doing like, if, if, if they're like mentally prepared, the coaches are like, they understand that situation. I think it can be a very good thing. Um, a big boost for them. Um, co- with big confidence boost for them to get starts and getting that trust. And there's just a big difference between like starting a game and figuring it out as it goes, like, oh, this guy plays like this rather than like sitting on the bench, maybe watching him and coming in the game like, okay, I've seen this guy. Like that's, it's just a little different. It's a way better learning experience to play on the fly like that and, and jump in from the start, especially like at such a young age. Like I think it's, it's just going to help them develop, develop way more and way quicker if they are getting those starts. And especially with a guy like Aaron Hurd, who has that experience with the level of competition that we know he's, he's capable of even at, at 15 years old, which it just, it constantly seems absurd to consider that. But with the youth national team, he's played that a caliber of competition that, that we know city two might even be playing. So to me, it's not necessarily giving him an opportunity to compete at this level. It's giving him an opportunity to compete in the system at this level. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. over the the goal we know for Hurd is to see him signed to City next year, and he needs to become more and more comfortable with where Lutz and Hackworth want him to play uh, with all of the other players in this system, as opposed to just being put into this level of competition. It, it goes hand in hand, but at the same time, we've seen him have opportunities against high levels of competition, um, kids older than him on the national level. And so being well-adjusted, being comfortable in the system is kind of that next step. And once he puts both of those two things together, that's when you're going to start to see that consistent time, the every game starter, the going into the second half. That's when it's really going to be exciting. Yeah. All right, we'll do quick score predictions. What you feeling for Saturday? So I'm always the optimistic one, so I'll stick with my optimistic viewpoint, which is uh, 2-1 City 2. I think if we can... Um, if we can keep them out of the attacking third and keep with our high press swarming style defense, like we were earlier in the season, um, I think we'll make them uncomfortable enough to prevent them from get, keeping in their rhythm. And, and the, tr- the key is going to be converting on the chances we get. That's the one consistent frustration that I've had with this team is we have so many shots on goal and so few conversions. And if we can convert two or three chances, I think that'll be enough. Yeah. I don't, don't, I don't want you to think this is me being a pessimist, but I think going to one, one draw, but then we win in PKs, going to PKs again. I just think it's going to be like a gritty box to box fight. And I think they might score first and we're going to pull it back. Um, that's just what I'm feeling. Still, See, I'm not win, but I'm not calling that pessimism. I'm calling that realism. Yeah, that's a realistic prediction. Like I, I ne- well, I'm never, I'm never looking ahead when it comes to even next year in MLS. I'm never gonna say we're gonna lose. the 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 worst I'm gonna say is a draw. So, but this is one one draw. We'll, we'll win it in PKs. Well, that's a shootout win as far as MLS Next Pro yeah. is concerned. Still a win. Um, all right, that, that wraps it up for our flyover forecast. First, first edition, uh, we will be back in the future and we're going to be back with a full on episode next week. Again, we're like, this might be like a 15, 20 minute episode. We went 40 minutes. So, uh, that's fine. We might tighten it up. We might just do 
almost full episodes. We'll see how it goes. We'll we'll see how it goes. So uh, thanks again for joining myself, Jake, and Matt. Thanks, man. Thank you. (laughs) How do you end the Twitter space? Have Twitter spaces the rest of the night. Okay, bye.